this is where it really becomes important going forward and, 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 and we really need to solve for this and it, it's not easy. That is, how do we redefine the, the purpose of the office space? Or in other words, we do need to redefine the purpose of the office space. So no, you know, so up until now, probably in, in many countries, also in Denmark, it has been the default option to go to work, go to the office. Sorry. Now we're actually maybe heading towards a situation where we could easily see it the other way around. So where the you know the employee will have to, will 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 be asking someone like us or. Uh, you know, executives. Why do we have to go to the office? What is it that the office can uniquely contribute that the home office cannot? So, what we try and do on the podcast, what we, what I try and do on the podcast, is to kind of mix what I would think of as more kind of core traditional, if you like, digital workplace content with some more. Um, out there kind of content and, and subjects and then occasionally there are things that don't fit into either of those categories and I would say today's episode with Jesper Ambrosius fantastic name that head of Lego workplace experience at Lego uh, is one of those because on the one hand it's a conversation about the workplace not just the digital but the physical and the interaction between the two at Lego, huge global brand, everybody knows. Everybody loves Lego, don't they? Or at least doesn't dislike Lego. Danish headquartered um, organization. And I think what I liked about this particular episode, apart from just the kind of tone and experience of the conversation, was that there's a lot of language that Jesper uses to talk about how they approach work for people at Lego that I think is really quite different language. There's a lot of talk, unsurprisingly, about play and fun and surprise and courage and curiosity and wow factors and beauty. And I think, you know, if you wanted to design a place to work, those are the kind of things. And I found myself... I, I mostly never really want to go and work for any organizations, but occasionally I I just kind of get an atmosphere of an organization which I feel communicates something about them and makes me think, God, that could be, that would be a really fun place to work. And I definitely thought that after Jesper had talked to me about Lego. And um, just before we get into that, just to let you know that Jesper will be on DWG24, our 24-hour digital workplace festival of fun that's happening on the 30th of September for 24 hours this year. And he's um, going to be on the show during one of the hours. And if you want to see how they approach things a little bit more and hear a bit more from Jesper, do register at DWG24.com. It's free to air. We've already got many hundreds of people from many countries around the world and lots of organizations um, registered for DWG24. And I think it's going to be a remarkable moment of change in the digital world of work. So, and now for today's episode. 
So I'm delighted to be joined by Jesper Ambrosius. Uh, Jesper is the head of Lego Workplace Experience at, you guessed it, Lego. And since graduating with a master's in economics, Jesper has been working within primarily two areas, high-level strategy at a C, uh, CXO level and leadership. And he started out as actually as a management trainee for the global telecoms company Telenor, where he later took on two different leadership positions. In 2015, he joined the Lego Group to work with strategy and work closely with, among others, Lego's chief marketing officer, chief people officer. And he now heads up the Lego Workplace Experience, where his aim is to create workplace experiences that enable employees at Lego to be and do their best work, attract and retain world-class talents and bring them closer to the Lego values, which I'm interested to to know about. So, yes, but just to start off, you're, you're responsible for Lego workplace experience, which which I've heard described as to create workplace experiences that enable enable Lego employees to do their best work at retact and attain talents, etc. How would you describe Lego workplace experience and how is it different from somebody else's workplace experience? Thanks so much, Paul, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so that question uh, probably takes uh, quite, a, quite a while to answer. I think, first of all, um, it is really an ambition that we are working towards. So we're definitely not there yet. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, looking back, this team that I now head up, uh, we didn't exist a year and a half back. So it, it's, it's a fairly new uh, team and a fairly new ambition, of course. Um, some of the concepts that, that, we, that we have uh, were developed five, six years back when we opened our so-called hubs, uh, which are our regional headquarters. We have those in, in London, Singapore, Shanghai, and also in, in the U.S. outside of Boston. Um, but we didn't really have the whole experience back then. So back then we only, you know, we only had workplace designers and then we had actually, interestingly enough, an anthropologist who observed and interviewed employees to figure out what they wanted. And, and back then what we were trying to aim for was the connectedness and you could say casual encounters leading to more creativity. That was the aim and also the theory uh, that, you know, uh, that casual encounters and working more together and bumping into each other would lead to that. So we actually went full open office with no fixed seats and, and no, no team areas. Then after a while, um, I think after maybe two or three years, uh, we, uh, we had grown the, the hubs quite a lot. So we saw that uh, issues started to emerge. And then uh, the anthropologist back then uh, also did some studies of this and found some key themes regarding uh, a lack of belonging as, an, as, as one important example. Also that managers tended to hide in meeting rooms and so on and so forth. So this kind of like led to a change in our approach uh, where we wanted to focus more on team zones. So still free seatings, uh, but team zones to mitigate a lack of belonging. We would also design for different activities, you know, whether to be in silent zones or more busy areas. But we found that whether you actually do go to one of these areas, it's not only dependent on the activity that you're doing, 
you know, whether you're, you want to focus or whether you want to, uh, you know, be in, in more social areas, but actually also in the mood that you have. So both the activity being a causal factor, but also actually the, the different moods was important. Um, and then we would also make sure to uh, then to solve for the manager issue that we that we saw that we had. We wanted to design office spaces so that managers would always have to share management offices. So there, you know, there would always be managers out and about and, and close to the teams because they could simply just not just lock themselves in in a meeting room. So so we did uh, different, we would say, small notches uh, from a design perspective, really that, and also actually from a communication perspective that, um, you know, so so to to kind of like help so- solve some of the issues that we saw. Um, we're now doing actually this in full effect uh, in our new campus, our new headquarters we're building in, in Billund in Denmark, whereas in, in other places we haven't got to that yet. But So that's a, just a bit of context, and I think that's important before we then go into, you know, so what is a Lego workplace experience and how do we see it? Um, and, and I think we really see it as a combination of, of, uh, of activities within four uh, separate areas. So we believe that a Lego workplace experience should be uh, should wow and inspire. It should be fun and playful. It should adapt to our diverse needs, and it should provide a what we call a caring home-like feel. So within these four areas, uh, we have to define a whole bunch of activities that we believe will deliver a better experience for current employees and also future employees. And you know you cannot just take one of the activities and say this is a Lego workplace experience because that is not in any way unique. Uh, I'll give a few examples. You know uh, we have storytelling through environments and experiences as one. We have fun and playful events as another initiative. You know health and well-being, community building, and so on. And you know each of each of and, and one of these in and of itself is is not really unique. But the combination of these. And how we build it into the workplace is is what we what we see as as, as unique uh, uniquely Lego, and and what we what we're really trying to do with the workplace now is we really want to to channel what we call the Lego DNA. Uh, we want to channel that through the office. So really about the story of the of the brand. I mean, we've existed now for I think eighty six, eighty seven years. You know, with with lots of successes, different dramas, near bank bankruptcy, you know, you name it, uh, and we want to show the values that the brand is built upon, and and we want to tell that story, and we think actually that uh, the workplace is such a such a good uh, sort of say forum to do that, whereas uh, we've been very used to telling the story through our products, obviously, and we've been you know used to telling that story to our customers. We haven't really told the stories to our uh, colleagues, the, the employees of Lego. So that is uh, really re- what we're actually trying to do here. Um, and I think it will actually be even more important uh, going forward with uh, COVID-19. I'll probably get back to that, um, you know, figuring out what is the exact purpose of the, of, uh, of the office um, compared to, say, working from home. So that was probably the long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful answer. It's a, I'm going to say it's an intoxicating answer, and I've written down lots of th- words which I'm going to feed back to you. But one of the things I'd really like to get is, could you give me an example of something that's happened in 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 the Lego workplace experience that, if you if you like, sort of. S- 
kind of sums up or represents or is a an example of of this kind of unique way you've got of approaching things yeah sure i so i i have two i think i have two good examples so one of them is actually an example of 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 how we've used design as a way of actually channeling the lego dna so um, a year ago, a half year ago, we we had to relocate the office uh, in Madrid, in Spain, and we, uh, we we so we had to relocate and we had to refurbish a whole new office. So what we actually did there was so instead of of designing it top down, we basically involved the office uh, and tried to design it bottom up. And what we did was, uh, or what what actually the the office, the employees of the office, what they came up with was actually to use a a new leadership uh, model we have in Lego. We call a leadership playground, which which is actually also a leadership model for everyone, which is also built from the bottom by by employees. Um, and and we wanted to to see if we could get that into the office space. And the way we did that was actually that there were four behaviors of um, of the leadership playground of the, this leadership model we have um, uh, that, that are especially important and those three are uh, being brave being curious and being focused so we actually then built around or designed the the office to act around these three different uh, behaviors and this is you know so it's interesting that you can have let's say being curious uh, as a as a you know leadership tool and thinking about what does curiosity mean uh, when when leading and what does it maybe you know mean in in an office uh, context in a workplace context you know and and the same with obviously bravery and um, and being being focused you know, are you subconsciously maybe more, uh, you know, focused? If you are in the focused areas, of course, we've also made the focused areas more, uh, you know, with the cubicles, and so it's easier to. There is no noise. There are quiet zones, and so on and so forth. But just thinking about how that might these words and knowing that you're in different areas, how that might affect you, right? You know, if you want to, uh, are you maybe a bit more brave when you are in, in, in the brave uh, zone? And are you more, maybe more willing to take that, uh, you know, conversation that, you know, we don't know, of course. But the funny thing here is that you basically build in a, um, uh, you could say, a Lego leadership model into the workplace. So in that way, people also really get it under their skin. So, so I think that's a, a really cool example I really like from, from a design perspective. Then I think another example, maybe then from a more community building um, point of view, is that uh, I think also a year back we had in, in Singapore, uh, our colleagues over there were complaining about, I think it was the, 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 the coffee beans, and uh, you know they didn't like the taste or whatever. And then what we did was we invited people in. So we invited five, six different coffee bean vendors, and they came to the office. We invited people in for a coffee taste, and they got to choose then you know what coffee to proceed with going forward. So they kind of like decided uh, themselves as in, in um, as a, like a, a mini democracy. They decided what to go forward with. 
so that's a good way also to to kind of like uh, include the um, uh, this small community, so to say, we have in the different uh, offices around in the world, how to include them in, you could say, workplace decisions. So, you know, it's a small example, but I think if you have many of these examples, it really builds up to, th- to something uh, unique. And, and how, how would you say that this, and I'm going to say unique because I think it is a unique approach. How would you say this, this unique approach has, is benefiting Lego as an organization? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, in general, people are, um, you know, very happy to come to the offices uh, generally. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's been tough being away. Um, I think in generally, uh, in general, also, you know, people around in the world are super proud uh, working for Lego, uh, and I think you know uh, to really build a strong brand, you need to be consistent around all different. Uh, you know, not only not only of course with the with the products and the uh, you know what goes out to the customers, but also internally. So in terms of processes. And of course, in this uh, case, also what we're talking about, the workplace, and so important that, that, that of course, also, you know, exuberates uh, a lot of the, the, the creativity, the inspiration, you know, the collaboration, all that that we believe are important factors also of the brick and the whole idea behind the brick. Um, so I think it is really, it is really benefiting us also in, in, in recruiting, but also you know, um, uh, you know, uh, making people, you of course, uh, you know, want to stay with Lego and, and retain the world-class talents, which is also part of our uh, aspiration as a team. Um, you know, I think it's still true that, uh, you know, the leader is super important still. And, you know, if you have a bad leader, there's much, it's much more likely that you will probably leave the company than if the office uh, is, is not... Um, you could say super inspiring or, or whatnot, but I still think that workplace and this that the um, workspace does have quite an important um, quite an important role there. And we're actually and, and and I mean, of course, we don't know that, but we're actually experimenting with that right now, trying to figure out when we do recruit uh, recruit new colleagues, what is actually their uh, perception of Lego as a as a workplace. And just to give you an example, Paul, we we um, you know we 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 tested out by by sending you know we so we have two groups right picked at random, uh, and the one group we we sent a video a workplace video that you know it's a very you know happy and and, and um, movie on the workplace and you know with lots of good uh, good music in it, so you know it's. You know, the idea is, the hypothesis is that people, after having seen that, they will see, um, have a bit, you know, higher, uh, you say, a better perception of Lego as a workplace than if you hadn't seen the movie, right? Because usually, actually, when you do go to a company, you don't know a lot about the workplace beforehand, right? You know a lot about the, you know, the, the product, the brand, all that. You don't actually know how it is to work in it. You haven't, you know, maybe you haven't even seen the, the office space um, because that, that wasn't where you had your interviews. So we're testing that and we're also testing if there are some spillover effects to, to the Lego brand and to the Lego culture to really figure out what does the workplace, what role does the workplace 
play in all of this. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so just an example of where we're trying to figure out uh, what it, you know, the role it actually does play uh, in in uh, in in, um, in in Lego uh, and and you know as a brand as well. Yeah, and and I think one of the things that strikes me listening to what you're saying and and um, is is that the, the language you're using to talk about Lego workplace experiences is, is I think pretty distinctive. So you're talking about um, well curiosity, bravery, um, anthropology, ca- you know casual encounters. Um, storytelling wow um caring i mean not not all of them are completely unique terms but actually when you start to put them together what i get is a sense of a i'll kind of use the word a more evolved workplace um a, a workplace that that has got the courage if you like to start to embrace some um concepts and ideas and if you look at the idea of an anthropologist, and I'd really be interested to know why you hired an anthropologist, um, uh, that's really uh, kind of breaking some ground. And why did you hire an anthropologist? And what did and how did the anthropologist help you? Yeah, no, so and that's an interesting story. I mean, it was back then before I, I had my current uh, current role. She's actually in my team now, so it's uh, so I, I do work quite closely with her. Um, and we also, by the way, have uh, as a psychologist and, 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 and other different types of, of uh, you could say, the social science roles in the team because, we, uh, because we're really interested in figuring out, to your question, Paul, you know, what are the issues we're trying to solve for in the, uh, in, in the workplace? Um, I'll come back to that. And I think the, the reason why we, we hired her back then was... Uh, was actually to to, to, to to kind of like take the next step up and figure out, you know, uh, more purposefully what is it that we want to achieve as a workplace and what are some of the things that we can really improve on. So it coincided with the with us building these uh, three new hubs, the regional headquarters, first in London in 2013-14, then in Singapore, uh, and then in, in, in Shanghai. So it's really about figuring out, so, you know, how do we design these places and what do we want to design for? And what is it that we're trying to, to so, so to say, solve for with these, uh, with these uh, offices? And uh, so that was the reason why we did that. So we hired her in to, uh, to help with that work, so to help the designers and also to, you know, evaluate uh, the, the success of, of, of our hubs. Um, so, so I think you know maybe then going back to to now, why we think that is important. Um, it's something that I also uh, am quite curious about as a person, and also with my background. You know, I don't come with a workplace background as such. So everything related to space and the workplace in general and workplace strategies. And it's, you know, I'm learning and, and I'm getting there, but it's, uh, I didn't have that when I got the role. 
but what I did have was an understanding of data and how you gather a data and how you use it afterwards. So, and and you know, after a few months, I was uh, and I went to different conferences and I and, and I heard uh, interesting people speak. I also did question, you know, whether we in the field of of workplace and especially workplace experience, do we know enough about uh, our target group? Our uh, in this in our case, of course, my uh, colleagues in Lego. And the answer was, especially for Lego, but I would also guess that that, uh, that goes for a lot of other companies as well. We don't know that much about uh, the employees. So we know so much about our customer. And we have all kinds of data and we test a lot of things. But at least my conclusion was back then, and I can only speak, of course, for Lego, that we didn't have a lot of that data. Uh, so, so we, so if you don't have that, it's it's also difficult to know what you're solving for, and 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 uh, so that's something that we're doing a lot now. Why I also have uh, data savvy people in the team and the anthropologists because we want to do the interviews, we want to do the focus groups, we want to do the surveys, but we also want to do the experiments. As I as I told you before, we want to do random randomized control trials and and so on. We want to test different things in the office, of course, respecting that it's a you know a, a workplace is a complex system, so it's really difficult. But but uh, but we still uh, want to get more data uh, out than we have, and we want to, um, you know, of course, try to 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 react to that. Uh, so it's it's now also much more part of ours of the story that we tell that you know we're actually asking people. So uh, right now we're working very much on a, a global flexible working policy, uh, which was really accelerated, of course, by COVID nineteen. But it was something we had been looking at for 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 a while, but hadn't really you know uh, done anything um, serious about it. And now, of course, you know every company is is looking at this. Uh, and and here we've also uh, gotten so much good data um, from the workplace. It's you know it's much easier also for us to sell it to the executives that you know uh, this is this doesn't come from us this and doesn't come from uh, you know coca-cola or you know adobe or you know other big companies this is actually coming from lego uh, and these this is this is this is uh, you know the employees saying that they want more of this or they want less of that or you know they have these issues when working from home and then it's up to us to to fix it right so so i think that's that's an element that uh, that also an anthropologist can help with of course because I'm not only talking about hard data here, it's also important to follow up with focus groups, interviews, and, uh, and usually an anthropologist will be very equipped to, to do that. Mm. Anything surprised you in, in, I mean, as you say, COVID-19 has accelerated changes in terms of flexibility and, if you like, designing your work around kind of what suits and works for people best and for teams anything that surprised you from the analysis that you've done of the of the lego community yeah there were a few surprises uh, or, or actually maybe more than a few uh, because it was a big survey but i'll, I'll give you a few examples um actually up to uh, 84 i think percent would like a combination of working from home uh, and the office so only 16 percent would prefer either to work from home or from the office i think that's a big number right and it really speaks to the fact that you know this is something that people are really interesting in um, i would say interestingly enough 
you know, one third, uh, you know, um, say that work-life balance is, is, a, is a bit is a big positive surprise of working uh, from home, working more from home. And but actually, likewise, also a third do write that work-life balance is the biggest challenge working from home. So, so you know, that seems to be, and I think, you know, uh, I guess the theory behind it is probably that for some it's difficult to, you know, if, 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 if your home is also work, it might be more difficult to, to plug off and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, maybe you, you cannot, you know, you're all the time in front of your computer and everything, you know, there are emails, there are messages on Teams and, and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, for some it might be difficult to really... Uh, plug off work for some others and I uh, would assume uh, uh, that mostly that's for uh, families with smaller kids you know it, it, it's easier to to, um, to to help with the kids as well and, and, and so, so you know for that group it might uh, so they improve the work uh, the work-life balance um, yeah. yeah and and yeah I was gonna just ask is has, has Lego have you decided to make any changes to your, if you like, digital and physical mix due to COVID and due to the research that you found or any regional differences, um, demographic differences? Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, we, we have, um, we do see some differences actually. Um, and, and I want to say that um, uh, you could say, Cultural wise, there is there is a big difference between uh, let's say uh, Denmark and, and the UK, right? Compared to to China and, and, and Shanghai, it's also by the way in our colleagues in Shanghai that score score the lowest, or actually our colleagues in China as a whole that score the lowest on their experience of working from home. Um, and I think you know some of the differences we see can be attributed to to uh, to culture. And I give you an example. That uh, that I heard a, a few months back. Uh, so it was in so it was in Shanghai, and there was a a leader that tried to to get a hold of, of um, his or her uh, employee, and, and and but couldn't right. And this particular employee was working from home, and uh, and that was seen as 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 an example of someone uh, you know not working right. So someone doing something else than working because this person was not uh, uh, was not um, you know available, and 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 they you know and I'm categorizing a bit here, but uh, but in Shanghai it is more um, usual that they they see a linear so to say um, uh, uh, correlation between you know you being in front of your screen working uh, and then also you being productive. Uh, which is, is not how we see it in, in, in Denmark and, um, and and you know for instance UK as well. Um, so so uh, so so I think that's a, that's a big difference, and I think uh, that's something we will have to solve for. And I think an, 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 maybe another example for or you know an, another thought that pops up when you do ask the, about the mix. I foresee that. Uh, and I think this is where it really becomes important going forward, and and and, and we really need to solve for this, and, and it's not easy. That is, how do we redefine the the purpose of the office space? 
or in other words, we do need to redefine the purpose of the office space. So now, you know, so up until now, probably in, in many countries, also in Denmark, it has been the default option to go to work, go to the office, sorry. Now we're actually maybe heading towards a situation where we could easily see it the other way around. So where the you know the employee will have to, will 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 be asking someone like us or uh, you know executives why do we have to go to the office? What is it that the office can uniquely contribute that the home office cannot? And, uh, and, and you know that's and again I think there we need to we need some more data we've actually looked into it already but but we probably need even more there to understand what is it that um, that the home office do so well and what is it that the um, that the uh, you said the office does well and can we then are we then doubling down on that are we then trying to figure out you know to make that even stronger um, what is uh, what it does well compared to to uh, to the home office? That will be an interesting task, and I think a key task for everyone in this space. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I, I um, and I've said on other episodes of the podcast that I've become more aware, having been like uh, you know forced to work from home, um, even though my normal way of working is to work from a, um, a summer house in my garden. Um, and so it's not a, it's not an unpleasant place to work. I mean, I'm looking out. There's lots of lavender. I can see lots of bees, kind of working away. So there's you know there's work. They're working. I suppose I'm working. You know, and they can kind of compare my work with their work. And 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 you start to think about communities of work and how do they know how to do that and who's deciding which bits of you know the plants to kind of look at. But I I think. Um, you know, there's a really, uh, I, I, you know, and it's been happening for a few years, is that in a way, offices had no competition going back decades. And and increasingly over the years, they've had more and more competition as alternative places for people to work got, uh, you know, came into, uh, became feasible. And now I think it's a new question and I've often thought it seemed ridiculous I'd go into an office building in Paris or Boston or New York and I would see people sitting at a desk having no contact with their colleagues around them working on a screen or screens and then presumably then going home doing the same thing and I don't think in a way that's a a very poor use of the whole journey, the environmental impact, the you know, as we've discovered, and I think it's it does bring up a really interesting uh, 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 point. I mean, I think your eighty four percent as of people want a combination or choice. I think is really borne out. It's not that everybody wants to work from home or everybody wants to work in the office. What people are asking for is a level of choice, and what I think people will miss is is that ability to simply be in the physical con- company of other other employees so there's a level of social human connection and then there's a level of just kind of being uh, creative or enjoying working on something together and we're into areas of collaboration community and so on um and i think that um really makes 
quite interesting approaches to to uh, kind of offices of the future. One thing I, I, I must ask you though is that you know, so I mean, Lego is as a brand, as a company. I suppose everybody feels like they know Lego a little bit and know that it's unique. But how would you describe the Lego brand um, and and sort of Lego's position in the world? I know that's a, a sort of demanding kind of question, but I feel like it's got a unique place in our world and I can't quite articulate what that is. No, I think you're right, Paul. And I, and I you know, usually when you when we you know when i started in the company i I actually didn't even realize as a dana and of course knew that it was a big it was a big brand but i had no idea uh, how big it actually is so i think you actually get in need to get into the machine room to 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 fully understand uh, the impact it has on so many kids around the world but of course also adults and quite a lot of adults have because we've been around for so long have fond memories of building Legos as uh, building with Lego as, as kids, right? So, so that's also where I guess a lot of the, the the positive association come from. It comes from the childhood where people would be building with Lego bricks. But so, so I think that's more from an emotional point of view. And then I think uh, you know uh, I think other elements uh, could be that you know our mission of inspiring and developing the children of tomorrow. Uh, it's, 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 it's quite deep um, and, and we do really believe in what we call learning through play um, and, and, and that is maybe opposed to a lot of the standardized testing and, and you know and, and the pieces of this world and what have you and where we believe that you know there are maybe other ways to achieve um, you could say good learning and we believe that play is such an important aspect of, of, of that and we really want to get that out to to the whole world basically that 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 place is so fundamental and not only play with lego but play in general and then i think when it comes to lego and when it comes to the brick uh, i i think it's 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 so unique because it's so simple and you know yet it opens up a limitless limitless options of building yeah options and and i think only the imagination really sets the boundaries and i think that's such a um, in essence, it's such a beautiful concept uh, and beautiful ideas. I mean, the Lego bricks uh, that are produced uh, this year uh, still fits with those produced 50 years ago, and uh, that's you know that's 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 really strong, I, I believe, uh, as a as a product. So you know, and then of course there are so many things that the product relates to, but I think also just the product is so simple and yet so uh, uniquely uh, limitless in, in in how it can be used. Mm. And, and just on a kind of technology level, um, what's the kind of, just describe to me the digital workplace kind of services and tools that you use inside the organization? Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually an area where I would love us to be much more uh, mature, so to say. I, I, th- I still think we do lack uh, some uh, digital workplace services in, in, in Lego I will say we are getting much more ambitious here, luckily. Uh, and as an example, right now we're building a new uh, guest experience, which also to a large extent will be digital, uh, and that looks super promising. But I think actually um, what comes to mind, where I think we are uh, fairly good, uh, is is, um, is maybe digital training. 
and, and for instance, also you know uh, compliance courses that we do because they're actually quite fun and they're playful. Uh, so you know when you do have to take one of these uh, courses, and you know it takes half an hour, and it all always pops up at a time where you're busy with something else. But when it's then you know uh, fairly playful and, and fun to to do, uh, it's not that bad. And I think we're 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 good at that. So so I will probably pick that one out. But I think it's an area where we have a lot to to learn uh, from, uh, but also uh, a lot of development to to do as well. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean, do you have a sort of slightly frustrated desire to create digital worlds of work yourselves that would be reflective of of, of Lego as a company? Because inevitably, you're, you know, you're buying in technology from um, enterprise software providers who are, you know, developing approaches that are quite generic, are quite across lots of different organizations and so on you know and they've done their ux and user and design thinking but you know would you like to just be able to kind of throw the creativity of lego at the digital tools yeah for sure i mean and then we have done that uh, also quite a lot especially a few years back and I, we do still want to legalize it in 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 one way or the other i, I will say though that on the flip side we're also maybe becoming more aware of the complexity that it uh, that it afterwards built up right so so one thing is just uh, using a digital tool out of the box and 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 you can you know it's it's also easier for the vendor maybe to to update it and to 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 develop it whereas if we put different layers on top it, it just makes it all more complicated um, so there is that dilemma or you can say that trade-off so 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 in some areas we are trying to you could say uh, make it more uh, just you know out of the box and as it is and then in, o- in other areas we, we do like to and I think as an example the guest experience there we of course have to to make it uh, a, a unique Lego experience for 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 guests whereas you could say for maybe an internal HR system maybe that's less important uh, just as an example, uh, but not to say it's not important, but to say it's maybe less important. So it's also about figuring out, you know, not so you don't build up layers of legacy IT systems that that have find that have difficulties speaking, uh, you know, together uh, because of um, uh, because of all kinds of specialization from from our our side. I suppose what I'm kind of thinking is, you know, you, you know, with with a, an anthropologist, a psychologist, people involved with social science and data, and and then, you know, you get a kind of um, kind of picture of the type of way of collaborating, let's say, or forming um, teams inside the organisation, a way of sharing knowledge and information that that's quite distinct, and then you've got a bit of a dilemma. Because, you know, Lego is not a, a technology company. It's a, a company producing Lego and, and, and experiences around that. And then you, I, I'm just kind of, fe- I'm feeling like that must cause quite a lot of, um, of a challenge in that what you might envisage you'd like to have and the ability to um, kind of design that, build that, acquire that. It's, it must be quite tricky. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I mean, it's it's not an area where I'm 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 I'm, I'm that much involved in, uh, at least right now. Uh, but I think you're right. But I, but I do also uh, 
think that, uh, and this is really to your point, Paul, that we, you know, we, we do come from a physical world and, and we want to continue doing that. So we're building a, you could say, a universe around the physical brick, kind of like building a digital layer uh, around it. Uh, it's a much more difficult area than we've, you know, that we're used to. So, uh, but I think we're getting there uh, with also some great, uh, some great uh, Lego experiences for, for kids uh, digitally. But it's true, we do come from a physical world. And we do want our people to be to have the bricks in their hands, uh, you know, um, the minds-on, hands-on experience, as we call it. That, that's super important, and it will continue to be so. And of course, we also need in in our uh, in the workplaces, you know, we have an ambition of actually um, to one of you know a project we're working on right now is how do we create a more playful work culture at Lego? Uh, and you know, obviously, it's not a small project. It, it takes a, it takes more than a week to do that. But but what we hope to achieve at some point is actually that you know that people will in the way they also behave and the way they facilitate meetings and all of that, they become much more playful and cre creative. So, you know, we are definitely a more playful company than, than, than most other companies, but I still think that we're too corporate still. We can be much more playful. We can do much more of what we're actually uh, do a lot more of the ideas that we're selling to to customers, right? Um, so, so uh, you know, I would love to to at some point um, work at Lego where we, let's just say as an example, you know, you were to facilitate a meeting, a workshop, and because you had called in for the workshop, it was your obligation, and you feel it was, and you felt it was your obligation to actually. Um, to facilitate the work, uh, you know, the workshop in a playful manner, using, for instance, Lego bricks. It could also be other uh, tools, but of course, a Lego brick in many ways. And so we kind of like build in that creative, fun way of facilitating uh, meetings or workshops, or, or you know, you know, and so on and so forth. Because that would actually not only would it be more fun to work in the company and to to attend meetings, it will also actually build up specific you could say capabilities for people of how to in this case facilitate something in a playful manner and just think about how valuable that would be for for of course lego while you're working here but also for you as an individual for your individual development maybe going to another company you know being able to 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 have that skill so to say that you you know you could make every meeting inspiring fun creative just by the way you facilitate it you know, I think that, you know not a lot of companies would actually be able to do that. So that would be something that that would be also difficult to copy, right? Because it takes a while; it take, takes years. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and it would also be something that I think a lot of companies would be very interested in. It strikes me the that play is is a a really untapped resource. I mean, I, I, you know, the ability, you know, if you look at sports or just the, just, just kind of play generally as a, as a, as a kind of aspect of human nature, it's, it's a kind of release of, of creativity, energy, 
could you just describe to me um, Lego Serious Play? And, and do you and your colleagues use that? I mean, we do use it, yes. But, but I would say, I mean, we have different levels of facilitation where the, the Lego brick plays a role. So it's, it's not just Lego Serious Play we use, but it is a very uh, you know, strong concept, uh, having been developed over uh, quite a few years. But we also, I think, we have up to maybe around 2,000 so-called play agents that can facilitate different Lego exercises. So either as an icebreaker, you know, during a break or a discussion starter. But that's not Lego serious play, but it's something similar. And, and you know, remember we do we see play, uh, and going back to that poll, we see play as a way to learn, not only for kids, but also as, as, as adults, as you, were also, as, as you were also alluding to, to develop not only the cognitive skills, but also uh, the social skills, the emotional skills, the creative skills, and actually also the, the physical skills. Um, and I think it's, 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 I fully agree with also your statement before. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also into, into football. I watch a lot of, of Premier League football. And it, it's quite interesting that if you look at the, the, uh, some of the best academies in, 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 in the UK, football academies, a lot of a lot of those uh, these academies they actually use play as, as as a way to to develop your football skills, and they actually use it you know uh, until I think the kids are 15, 16. So it's 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 um, it's, it's not only something they use while they're five, six, seven years eight, you know years old. It's something they use much more deliberately also as they grow older because it's something that. You, you know where you may you can maintain the motivation more if you know if obviously if it's fun and 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 i think i think the same goes for for play at a, at a workplace definitely uh, so there's i mean I, and i fully agree it's a huge untapped area of possibilities uh, that and if we're not doing it as, as a lego group you know who should be doing it so it, i almost feel like uh, an obligation to actually uh, do something here no i think i think you're right i mean if you look at companies like uh, nike or adidas you know you you can't work there um, lululemon you know without being you know physically active you know you're 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 kind of representing the kind of brand and i think i think in a sort of covid19 world I think one of the things and challenges is, as people have been working increasingly in digital environments, is is what I would call sort of digital fatigue, digital monotony. There's something about it doesn't matter what the, you know, if even if the people are different in the different, you know, meetings you have, if the technology is the same in the same place, there's this kind of routine and monotony that comes to it. And trying to introduce something a little bit more playful, I've been interested in looking at the different apps that are being developed to do, to increase people's digital literacy, digital understanding, digital readiness, and there 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 are a lot more what I would call playful apps. I mean, um, I've talked about it before, but you know, Duolingo, the the language app, is is successful because it's tapping into that aspect of of play and um you're certainly kind of making me think um a great deal about this i mean we've got um as i endlessly go on about on some of the podcasts myself and my co-author shimrit james have got a new book coming out in january 2021 called the nature of work and it's going to look like a coffee table book about forestry and we're just finishing off writing it 
And, and it's really about organizations as living systems, that they're not machines, they're living systems, they're not organizations, they're organisms. And thinking about yourself as something that's alive. And I think a lot of the language that you've used uh, around diversity, caring, storytelling, community, uh, curiosity, bravery. To me, this is language not of the industrial age. It's the language of a, of a living age. And I'd be really interested to see how an organization like Lego might see this idea of the nature of work and, and, and see, well, what might that mean for us if we were a more alive Lego company what might that actually look like in hr recruitment innovation collaboration and we've created new kind of elements within it around seasons and roots and habitat again borrowing language from nature to try and um, kind of get people to think differently i guess no that's very interesting and Anne, i think you're i think you're right and it also makes me think paul actually on, on some of the Going back to the the survey, big survey we just did uh, from when people were working from home, and we could, some of the interesting differences that we actually saw was that you know individual focused work and, and phone calls and Skype meetings, Teams meeting, people would actually prefer to do that from home. Whereas if you look at something like collaboration, agile work, formal meetings, social interaction people would much rather uh, do that in, in the office space, right? And that is really where people come together. So so, so to your point about the, the living organism and, and looking at this from a more human-centric point of view, there's a lot we can do there. And I think, you know, coming back to redefining the purpose of the office, that's probably where you, where you, should, where you should start. Yeah, no, I think that's 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 really interesting. So the question that I, I I like to end with, Jesper, which I'm going to ask you is: so, what's a perfect working day look like for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so and I cannot answer. You know, working from the beach or or, or <laughs> I guess no. Let me let me try to do it a bit more. So um, so maybe a bit more. Uh, if I do it a bit more practical. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to get up fairly early in the morning, do some exercises, uh, you know, send the, ki- the, the kids to school and kindergarten. Then I actually like to, to uh, just go outside with a cup of coffee, <laughs> think about the day, you know, what I need to prepare and, and also to think about more uh, long-term ambitions and, and goals. Then I'll do quick catch-up on emails, 30 minutes or so, very quick, very effective. And then I, I want to be available for social interaction and, and, and those random encounters. I really love that. Of course, that is, again, best being done in the office space. So I'd probably, uh, you know, maybe if I were to, to do it, I would spend half the day at home and half the day in the office. Uh, and I like to be surprised. Uh, I like inputs that can help my creative thinking. So, um, so I would also set up team meetings or being with my team, whether that's in a meeting or, or at lunch. And then the rest of the day, I think I would like, I would spend that, you know, maybe half, half, half thinking uh, on my own. And then also collaborating, workshopping different, difficult uh, problems, you know, figuring out, for instance, how to make good experimentations to investigate if our initiatives are actually making a positive change and so on and so forth. So, so I'll probably do that. Uh, I do get quite a lot of energy from being with people, but I also do get energy from being very much on my on my own and my in my own thoughts, 
So uh, and then I'm probably on my way home from office, I would uh, I would listen to podcasts, uh, maybe for the George Paul. So uh, that would that would be close to a perfect working day uh, in in the real world. <laughs> Great. That sounds it sounds beautiful. I love the idea of um, of surprise being part of the day. I think I think you're right. I I I like well. I I don't like too many surprises, but I like you know some level of surprises because I think that that kind of again it sort of stimulates this 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 dormant exactly. latent energy. So just before we we end, um, yes, but anything that you any closing comments, anything you'd like to to say. No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, we've been a been a lot around. It's been it's been really enjoyable, Paul. So thanks so much for inviting me in. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I also leave with uh, with new ideas and um, things that I, I want to bring to the Lego Workplace experience. Mm, fantastic, and me too. So thank you so much for your time, Jesper. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and. Um, um, and get some of the atmosphere of Lego and 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 uh, and your life. Likewise, Paul. Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking, and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com